the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. You know, Mondays are uh, are a day for me where everything, I have to go over the atrocities that took place from Friday after the show all the way till today. There was a lot of activity. There really was. And um, I'm not letting the pipeline go. So I'm going to get to that in a minute. But I did want to address this fraud of a person. And I'm sorry, that's what she is. Liz Cheney, all of a sudden, she's a darling. All of a sudden, all of the never-Trumpers, all of the Democrats, even the Libertarians, she's not so bad. All of a sudden, her father is the greatest guy in the world. Well, it was just what? Ten years ago? Not even. Five years ago. They hated the Cheneys. Dick Cheney was Darth Vader. Remember? Remember all that? And they rightfully criticized his amassing Hundreds of millions, in my opinion, but let's say tens, even though I know I'm right. Hundreds of millions. I mean, we got Mike Madigan has amassed hundreds of millions. You don't think Dick Cheney did? He was doing the same damn thing, only on an international level. It's exactly what it was. He was kind of a more masculine version of Mike Madigan. And his little girl walks in just like Mike Madigan's. Why? Is it because they're charismatic? I don't think you could look at Liz Cheney and think charismatic. Is it because they're uber intelligent and they know the grasp and have done so much in the private sector that they were pulled into the political arena? Or is it because they keep that corrupt political oligarch family, just the the fluids are flowing, the money is piling up, and the same influence over a nation's decision making lies in daddy's little girl? That's the only reason you even know her name. Otherwise, she'd be ruining cookies somewhere. That's exactly what she'd be doing. Liz Cheney. She's the darling of the left. She's the darling of the never Trumpers. And when we have never Trumpers, we have a wonderful example of a kid who really just wanted in on the scam. He has another nothing to the table, took advantage of of military service and capitalized on very powerful connections. And that is our own little Adam Kinzinger in his jumpsuit. Another expert on everything. And he's done nothing in the real life. See, in the real world, Adam Kinzinger probably maybe would have been a good salesman. I probably would have bought that that new porcelain coating they're selling on the cars so the birds don't ruin the paint job. That's what Adam would be doing. But in this America, he became very, very powerful as a, I guess, a Republican from a state that wouldn't know Republican if one kicked him in the face. Illinois, where our Republicans are pretty much like Democrats. They have better haircuts and better suits. That's the only difference. They're in on the same scams, as we know from our own Republicans. And, and, and we're talking the high ones, the, the high up ones, the Brady's, the wife with the video gaming empire. And we've got the other very important Republican whose brothers are all lobbyists. Just a coincidence. I mean, it's just it's just it's the level of, of sewage in our political system. We don't have boots that high. And Adam Kinzinger makes all the national tours. Why? Because he hates Trump. He hates his constituents. He hates Republicans. He hates conservatives. And what he's trying to do is is become that vessel that they have. He's the only one they have to vote for. And it works. And he's very powerful. And in this segment, the reason I got this and not yesterday when he was on Face the Nation isn't because I can't stand the Sunday shows, which I can't. Neither can you. But this one 
is my favorite kind of hypocrisy. Little Adam Kinzinger goes into religion in this one. I love this one. Republican Congressman Adam Kinzinger, again, slamming his party as it moves closer to ousting Congresswoman Liz Cheney from House leadership in just a couple of days. This is what the congressman from Illinois said a few minutes ago at the National Press Club event. This is lies versus truth. This is the election was stolen and therefore a third of America believes that democracy fails. And that leads to violence, by the way, in the long term, you know, versus the truth. It's amazing how many of my colleagues claim to likewise be Christians, but somehow are okay with with like just accepting and supporting these lies. Because, I mean, when I went to Sunday school, I, I like to be told religion from somebody who uses the word like. It is so appropriate as to the time we live in. Like, it matters what like this like person really says. This moron, fraud. Yet, since the election, he's raised $3 million in a pack. What's the pack? To keep scumbags like this elected, not just in Illinois, throughout the country. It was always about telling the truth. Yeah, tell the truth. Again, Adam Kinzinger just a few moments ago at a, uh, at a pre-planned event at the National Press Club uh, that vote on Congresswoman Liz Cheney's future. Yeah, she's going down. Not a chance. She's going to be gone, and so should Adam Kinzinger. Unfortunately, he's probably going to win because Illinois Republicans, there's no such thing. They're merely Democrats who really don't like candidates that espouse the principles of capitalism and Americanism and true conservatism. What they like are the Adam Kinzingers. What they like, I mean, the closest we've ever gotten to a, a, a Republican is Bruce Rounier. How did that work out for everybody? He did a bang-up job. We're, we're uh, really glowing in the aftermath. You always should be suspect, uh, suspicious of a politician who, after he loses, packs up the house and moves. That's probably not a good sign. And sure enough, doesn't everybody wish they did? But um, there's a couple of things with this Adam Kinzinger. Do you look to politicians to give you advice on what being a good Christian is, a good Catholic, a good Muslim, a good atheist? Do you look to a politician to, uh, to, to tie in your response to political atrocities on how religious people would act? I find that to be so insulting. And if you notice, I rarely talk about religion because we don't need it. What we're interested in are facts. Just the facts, Jack. I don't need to hear religion from this child. It's bad enough I have to listen to this moron pontificate on important things like taxation in the economy and world policy, which he manages to screw up slightly less than Joe Biden. But that's the kind of politician Adam Kinzinger is. He's a piece of garbage, and he has a long, bright future in the Illinois Republican Party because, after all, that's the ones you want. So when Adam Kinzinger tells you Christians, all of us Christians, how we should react, I'm curious, does that hold any water with you? Because this election, they get real edgy when you start questioning it. When you start asking, I'd like to know the districts in which Joe Biden won, these key districts that flipped the election. I'd like to know how much, what's the percentage of the voter roll that turned out, and I'd like an audit. <gasps> Did he say audit? I mean, aside from audit the Fed... Audit the election is the scariest thing you could say to these crooked politicians. That's the worst thing. So what they want you to do is just take their word for it and be a good Christian and step and fetch. You get in line and you do what the Adam Kinzinger said. Because after all, Adam, he says it's too legit to quit. And you better not question it. I'm never going to not question it. Sorry, and I give a rip what butter-handed pansy says I have to. What Marxist fraud who's relishing in the, re in the reality of what a Biden administration is already doing. We're in our third month. Anybody want to look at a commodity price? I know. It's only corn. What's the difference if it's 100% higher? Forget about lumber. How important is it? And oil? Oh, don't worry. They got a plan for oil. What they're going to do is they're going to spend us into a new green economy. And that leads me to my other little point that I want to get to. They're blaming Russia. They're blaming malware for shutting down one of the most important pipelines 
in this country? Well, I think it goes uh, without question that this is the most disruptive cyber attack on U.S. energy infrastructure in history. Uh, that that you know when you when you knock off the uh, pipeline distribution for the entire southeast and really the east coast, uh, it's a significant event. And uh, I think more than anything, uh, my hope is that this is that final wake-up call that ransomware is a national security threat and that this administration uh, takes strong action against ransomware crews. Now, see, I don't want to just regurgitate what people say. That's not my nature. I like to think things through. I like to think things through. And as I use a witness, as I witness politicians of my party jump down my throat when I question what I believe to be an illegitimate election, me, Sean Thompson, I believe it's illegitimate. I revoke my consent to be governed by this Marxist, fascist, diaper-wearing moron. Okay, that's just me. Nobody has to join me, and I don't care. I'm fine with it. But now, during this shutdown, right away, these same people that are telling me, everything's copacetic, don't you worry, we got it, everything's going to be fine. Now you're telling me who the enemy is, who I'm supposed to hate and blame for hacking the, the, the most important pipeline to the East Coast in the country. And, you know, you'll have to forgive me. I used to love the old detective shows on Saturday and Sunday. Did you love that? You know, I, Basil Rathbone as Sherlock Holmes, there's nothing better. And I would go from Sherlock Holmes to Charlie Chan. Loved him in the Panama suit. He had the number one son. They're solving crimes like crazy. Nancy Drew, I loved it all. I used to love that stuff when people would take evidence and they would think things through. And I used to guess who I thought the murderer was or who, if it was the butler. You know, I'm sure you did that too. I still do that. I really do. So when a cyber attack happens in this country to one of the most important pipelines, I, I, I have suspects. We have to make sure that our transition to electric is better for workers. It creates dignified jobs and that people are better off with a decarbonized electric economy than they are with a fossil fuel economy. That's a suspect. That's how I decide who a suspect is. So I've got an entire party, an entire political party that wants us off fossil fuels. An entire political party that wants trillions upon trillions at their discretion to spend to pay off their scam artists like Elon Musk with the Asperger's. I guess he's got it. He's self-described like all of these people. So I, I just have to think, is it malware? Is it two Russians in, in Moscow named Peggy who are just trying to, to, to create some problems because they're real jokesters? Or is it the real enemy? Is it Vladimir Putin and the KGB? Well, it could be, could be. But is it a domestic enemy? Is it a domestic enemy to the betterment of America and American principles and somebody who would really, really benefit, really benefit in real time to a problem in the oil line? I pick C. What do you pick? 312-642-5600. I'll take your calls and comments when I get back. You know, it happened really in the 70s when when... Early 70s, late 60s, when, when news reporters stopped reporting news, stopped giving information with thought, they started to propagandize. That's why what you're going to hear now on other stations and on other, other uh, conservative people, they're going to start to promote this uh, exit ramp from principles and fundamentals, and it's going to be through this politician you think can run things in the private economy through the government best, because that's what government is becoming. It's, it's, it became becoming is the wrong word. That's what it is now. We were, we as, as citizens are very comfortable now letting politicians like these morons, Adam Kinzinger, like Liz Cheney. I'm really Liz. Really Liz. You're going to, you're going to start giving advice now. Why don't you start skipping dessert? Then give advice. Okay, chubby. And then we're going to hear radio hosts bring on uh, the, the Adam Kinzingers of the world and the Liz Cheneys. And the CNN is tickled pink about this. Democrats are tickle, tickled pink. And as you see, the the opposition give you advice. Who listens to the opposition? Is, is this something that only I do is discard anybody who I don't have respect for as a person? You do you care what a what a Marxist, what a what a fascist, what a what a what a socialist thinks about how you should be running your life or your business or your economy? Yet here we are. Here we are. And now all of a sudden this pipeline gets attacked. And you want me to believe it's a foreigner before? The eco-Nazis right here in this country? Right in this country, we have saboteurs to the idea that we would be energy independent. 
This, all of these problems, these are brought on by politicians. You know, Tesla doesn't make money selling cars. It's involved in the carbon credit business. Did you know that? Did you know it's projected to make $2 billion on carbon credits? How many of you even knew that American companies were benefiting from a European scheme? The EU has the, and the UN have issued their own carbon cap and trade system. And our government participates in it. Did you know that? Did you know for every car that they produce, they get four of these little credits? And that their real profit, Tesla's real profit, the stock is how many thousands of dollars, comes from trading Bitcoin and other cyber currencies and also carbon credits. Doesn't make money selling their, their, their Maseratis they call Teslas. It's a joke. The whole damn thing's a joke. And these politicians act like it works. The destruction one of those cars does to the earth, you couldn't do with 70 oil wells. Not 70. Where do you think lithium comes from? The sky? It's ridiculous. HB and Crystal Lake. Hey, Sean. Love your show, dude. Thank you, brother. Yeah. Hey, uh, I just want to mention with this pipeline uh, deal that's going on, it sounds to me like Enron all over again. You know, they're just basically hitting the switch and well, I don't think they would price. do it, but, but it's interesting. It's interesting to think that some other company may do it, right? I mean, do 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 people realize how Rockefeller made his money was through pri- pipelines and that the people that were trying to blow them up were his competition? That's the first saboteur to pipelines where, where was the competition to Standard Oil. So, HB, nothing's off the table. Everybody's a suspect. And that's how it should be viewed. And if we had a government, say we had something like a, a federal bureau that did investigations that was not political, uh, political apparatchik, that'd be interesting. Maybe we could get this solved. But then again, we'd lose half of the sitting politicians because those are the Marxists we're really fighting. Thank you, HB, for the call. I appreciate it. Jack in Whiting, Indiana. Thank you, Sean. I'm glad that you're on the radio. You need more than two hours. My opinion, this colonial pipeline, shut it down for at least six or eight weeks and do their maintenance. Teach them morons on the East Coast and all them liberals that depend on oil and gas that they don't realize that they're using. Teach them a lesson. Jack, this was my idea years ago when, when Barack Obama won. I worked on something called the Capitalist Union. It was my company. I had an idea. I said, you know, if all the capitalists sit out, and just shut down for three weeks. This entire country will le- learn a new appreciation for people who really make the world go wrong. You know what I underestimated, Jack, and what I think you are, is the corruption of the people you, we think are capitalists. So I'm not, I'm, not willing, I'm not willing to say that this company doesn't partake in some, uh, some skullduggery, because they probably do. But what I, am, what, I am, what I do want to know, I don't think the company would have harmed itself to this magnitude. And I do think the American Marxists benefit drastically from this kind of thing. That's why the, the American Democrats could care less about the actual economy. They don't care. All of these idiots... These idiots that voted for Biden, they could give a rip what their corn prices are, what lumber is. They could care less about inflation. They got their way. And by the way, when they do come around and try to tell you, I didn't think it would be this bad, you remind them it's because they're idiots. Thanks, Jack, for the phone call. I appreciate it. Phil in Villa Park. Hey, Sean. Hey, I got a a problem with our Republican congressmen, men and senators. You know, Trump couldn't take a dump during his term without some leftist group suing him in uh, the Ninth Circuit. And you know what? Tell me what single Republican or conservative organization sued Biden for anything, any one of his executive orders trying to stop him. Well, I mean, I, I, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, it's, it's disheartening, Phil. You're absolutely correct. But the, the reality is. How many sitting congressmen who are Republicans sit idly by rather than use the the atrocities of the executive dictate from the diaper wearing dimwit as anything but but uh, fundraisers? That's all they use this for. I mean, is there an organization? I, I read a lot of news. Is there an organization out there that is is working to stifle or impeach? I think. I'm dead serious. I think you could have impeached Biden. The window was when he went after Florida, when he went after Georgia, when he celebrated George companies pulling out of Georgia, when he celebrated the MLB, um, when he celebrated that on his lie. But he would have had to admit it was a lie. But you have you have a, a, a sitting president who openly is having a cold war with Republican led states, whether it comes to the covid 
whether it comes to masks, whether it comes to economics. Did you know, I'll tell you an interesting little thing. Did you know that, that if you took federal money under the Biden regime, if you take it in these new bills, if you're a state that takes the money, did you know it is against federal law then for that state to lower taxes on their citizen? Are you listening to that? In other words, the federal government is only giving states back money that they took from the states anyway. I mean, that's that's just the grand scheme, the macro picture. But in these new phony infrastructure bills, it's not because it's created money. So if they take this money for their infrastructure, the way they're going around selling all this, and the state takes the money, it is then at that point illegal for the state to give a tax break to its citizens. Now, how in the world is that a, a country built on American principles if the federal government can backdoor nationalize all taxing policies? See, because what they hate are states like the one I'm in now. Like Florida, they hate it because it runs well, it has zero income tax, and it's bringing people who have the ability, the desire, and the want to improve their lives from hellhole sewers that Democrats ruin and rule. Like Illinois, like New York, New Jersey, California. So they don't want that anymore. So how could they stop that? So they get together in their room. I'm hoping they have their clothes on. But when you look at the, the lot of them, I'm not too certain. I think Chucky e. Schumer is a real freak. I think he sits there in his underpants that are probably crotchless. And he decides how to nationalize Florida taxation. Because after all, we can't have these monuments of success surrounded by these sewers of corruption in Democrat states. And in the meantime, where are the Republican Rep- representatives, where's the kind? On that alone, impeach him. You can't do that. Impeach him and impeach anybody who wants to do it. See, but we, we need to clean our own house. That's why I'm not even concerned with the Marxist scum calling themselves Democrats. I'm concerned with the frauds that are, that are sycophants to it, that are propagandists of it, like Adam Kinzinger. Clean our house first, Liz Cheney, then Adam Kinzinger, and anybody else who sides with the Marxists. How's that for your unity? 312-642-5600. Private. To see what the Democrat economic plan is as anything other than sabotage must only be through the eyes of an absolute moron or a welfare recipient. And there's many forms of welfare. There's corporate welfare as well. I think that's the big problem in America today. Pot users splurge on $800 bongs as stimulus as stimulus fades. Well, hey, someone's winning in this stimulus. Robert Riverside. Uh, yeah, I have a question. Uh, why are Republicans such crybaby losers? Snowflakes, if you will. Mm-hmm. So, what do you, what, so what do you have to say about the sewer you live in, Robert? I like to say that Trump's an idiot and you're a moron. I like uh-huh. to say that. And if you don't you know, like this... You're my favorite kind of dummy, because no matter how they abuse your stupid derriere, you just beg for more. You're my favorite kind of low-life scum, because you're acclimated to the ghetto. You like it. You just want more of it. You can't even recognize the failure you live in. 26 people shot over the weekend. Here's the sewer of Chicago. Here's what Democrat policies really bring you, aside from vacant storefronts and fleeing businesses and citizens who are not in street gangs. Chicago police investigating that uh, deadly shooting, three of them in all in East Garfield Park, all happening within an hour of one another. And one of the victims was a teenage boy. Judy Wang is live in Garfield Park this morning with the latest. Judy. Good morning. Area 4 detectives are investigating all three cases. Uh, They continue searching for suspects in each shooting. One of the victims is a 14-year-old boy. Cook County's medical examiner identifies him as Eddie Thigpen. He was shot at about 9.30 last night. Police say he was found at Springfield and Madison near an Aldi store parking lot. The boy had been shot in the abdomen. Police say due to the severity of his injuries, he was not able to give officers any details when it comes to the circumstances surrounding the shooting. The boy was pronounced dead at Mount Sinai Hospital. About a half hour later, a 36-year-old man was shot and killed near Homan Avenue and Ohio Street. He was shot multiple times. Police say witnesses told them the victim and the shooter knew each other. And then minutes later, a 23-year-old man was killed at West Harrison and South Francisco Avenue. Police say he had been shot once in the chest. A friend drove him to Mount Sinai Hospital where he passed away.
There's the Democrat base and the utopia that Democrat policies build. Ta-da. Here, it's May, what, 10th? There's only 99 shot. It's not that bad for Chicago. Not that bad. And they're very similar in a lot of these Democratic hubs. And if it's not for that, then we have aldermen going to jail every month. The corruption is outrageous, but that's okay. They probably know somebody and gets a job. In fact, Robert probably works for a municipality. And then when they retire, they get those phony baloney kickbacks, payoffs, schemes. I think they're called pensions. Can't get enough of these Democrats. You know what would be a good idea? Let's send them to Washington and do that to the nation. Kind of explains the policies, though. It explains the fascism. It explains why politicians would work against states that wanted to give tax breaks and incentives to workers in their own states and friends, right? Because if a state says to you, you know, if you work here, we're going to make your life easier. We're not going to take as much money. Now, granted, you're not going to get a lot of stuff for free. In fact, you're not going to get your rent. You're not going to get uh, uh, your food. You're going to have to buy that yourself, too. And uh, your electric, you're going to have to buy that. And your cell phone, yeah, you're probably going to have to buy that. But you get to be an actual person. You get to uh, live like a free man, and you get to make your own decisions. And maybe, maybe you can start your own business, your own little store, or whatever it is you want to do. And uh, you can build up, and, and then you can keep the vast majority of your money. You don't have to do that spread around, so you, you're paying off the scum that shoot each other and kill each other and stab each other. You don't See, because that's spreading around the wealth, that's what it really builds. Just areas you don't want to drive through. That's the reality. But Joe Biden's got a real problem with states that would hold out or people that would hold out. But what I like about it is the, is the, is the morons, the, the, the scumbags who, who vote Democrat and they go on the government cheese. If, if the circumstances aren't bad enough for them to recognize it, sooner or later, even the politicians that give it away, they make little threats and innuendos against them. We're going to make it clear that anyone collecting unemployment who is offered a suitable job must take the job or lose. There you go. You must take the job, Robert. You must take the job, Chicago Democrat. Now, what's the word? Suitable. Hmm. Who gets to decide that? Well, if it's one thing we know about Democrats, they're not good at making decisions. So it ain't you. It's going to be the politicians that get to decide that. Lose their unemployment benefits. There are a few COVID-19 related exceptions. So the people aren't forced to choose between their basic safety and a paycheck. But otherwise, I am almost loving the fact when these idiots wake up and scumbags like Joe Biden are dictating every aspect of their life. I am truly excited about that. I cannot wait to see that. Jim in the car. Hey, how you doing? I'm. My big thing is I love the fact that these Democrats who call in supporting the city don't have any facts or logic or reason to support why they continue to support the Democratic Party. All they can do is yell at you or threaten you, and then that's all they have. They say Trump. It kind of tells the story right there. They say Trump. But, Jim, you want to know, I thought, I have to tell you, I um, underestimated the stupidity of Republicans as well. Because they, what, they, what they both share in common with the morons who, who, who wallow in the ghetto that they built, what they share with them is the contempt for a person so that they would vacate their principles and, and fundamentals. So there's the, the real, you're never going to reach the, the Roberts and the Chicago Democrats. They're, they're, they're gone and they're lost. All you can ever do is stay away from them. But what, you, what we have seen are Republicans like the Adam Kinzingers and like the Liz Cheney's. And she's, she's somebody who should be ashamed to even show her face. Not for the obvious, but because Absolutely. her family represents political corruption that's really bipartisan. But what you do see is, is, is a rally to go back to that old world. And that's, the, you know, that's why we're in the position we're in. So do you, are you going to get through to the Chicago Democrat? Absolutely not. They like it no. this way. They can't get enough of it. What they really want is more free cheese. And it, it's not just Chicago. Did you see that uh, any twosome Newsom in, in California wants to triple payouts? <laughs> he, n- he now wants to triple yeah. payouts because he's, you know, he's going through the recall. And all he knows is they'll vote for me if I give them free stuff. And we, we're going to get to a point where it's not going to work anymore, Jim. Or we're going to get to the point that Joe yeah. Biden's showing you right now where you're not a man anymore. See, that's what they've been soft telling them. Now it's time they tell them hard. Now you don't get to decide what job you're going to take. We tell you. You've been on the nipple long enough. Now you'll take whatever we tell you you're going to take. So in the end, 
they're going to they're going to have to admit that they're wrong or just wallow in ghettos like Chicago. Thanks for the call, Jim. I appreciate it. But you're never going to they're not going to argue with you on the principles of what's best for the for the nation, because we know what's best for America. What built America's wealth? Is it a strong government and politicians dictating what independent people, how they live, where they live, how much they get paid? What jobs they take? Is that the way? Or is that the way that the Soviet Union collapsed? Which way is it? See, it's just going to take Democrats a little while. It took Russians 72 years. It, we had a lot of years of liberty, freedom, and capitalism. We're giving it away. So prepare for 100 years of darkness. 312-642-5600. I'll take your calls when I get back. Oh, sometimes I get a good feeling. Yeah. It's a good song. See, I think that... Um, the beauty of America isn't that politicians dictate everything. I think the beauty is that you could start with nothing and end up with everything you ever wanted. You could also start with everything you ever wanted and end up with nothing. That's the downside. Freedom is scary. Liberty is not always used to the best use because we're people. We're fallible, which is why the last thing you should ever do is put people in charge of your life. But those people who live in the, in the political destruction... We have as examples, for some reason, long for more because they think they get more. They think that if you get everything and your kid is taken care of and you eat on the government dole and you live in the government housing, they think that, that you're going to be happy. You're going you're gonna to live doing whatever it is you think you want to do all day, which is a mo- most of it is nothing. I think the whole mentality of that is wrong, absolutely and unequivocally wrong, that unless you have pride in yourself and respect for yourself, you're just somebody else's slave. I mean, that's really what it is. So if you're going to listen to these idiots, Joe Biden and Adam Kinzinger, it's, not, it's bipartisan. You're going to listen to these morons to tell you how to live, what jobs to take. If you go to this school, it's free. If you go to that school, it's the, you, you can't afford it. So you're going to stay in our school and, and you don't question the information that comes from that indoctrination system. It's, uh, it's working, though. I thought it would be rejected by now. I thought Americans had more character. I thought they had more pride. I thought more people longed to be free. I think I'm wrong. Teresa on the north side. Hey, Sean. Um, You know, what people like Robert don't realize is the Democrats are keeping them down. They're telling them they're victims and the whole we'll take care of you garbage. And, you know, the thing is um, they're allowing the Democrats to steal their dreams and potential. And they're 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 allowing them them to give them new ones, which is even Mm -hmm. more frightening. They're allowing what now? They're allowing politicians to give them their dreams. So they're telling right. citizens then what their dreams are. Your dream is to work in the solar industry, is to have a car that doesn't run on gas, is to have other people pay for your existence, is to live in this government-supplied right. utopia where it's going to be great, rather than recognizing just how far some of their own family members and friends have gone by not living in that system. I mean, we have the example in this country. We have the example. Here are the neighborhoods that government funds. Here are the ones they don't. Which one do you want to live in? The problem is the answer isn't to tell government, give me enough money to go live in that good neighborhood. That isn't how it works. Because that person has to understand what separates those neighborhoods isn't, isn't the style of housing. What separates those neighborhoods is the character of the, of the occupants. That's it. It's that simple. That's right. It's when you will not partake in this lifestyle. You know, I was, I, every time I look at the news in Chicago, it's, it's beyond disgusting to me. And I say to myself, mm-hmm. at what point will you, will, not, will you stop partaking in that lifestyle? And then what's the thing that you see on TV, every commercial? What do you see? Advertisements for drugs. Are you depressed? Look, Kyle, yep. do me a favor. Let's have a little, uh, a little uh, AM 560 experiment. Count to me how many antidepressant medication shows you see from now until you go to bed tonight. And then tell me tomorrow. Will you do that for me? Yeah, I'll do it. I know it's a lot. I can tell you that. Let's do the under over is 11. Thank you, Teresa. So until people want to do that, until people want to change their circumstance by detaching themselves from government and by understanding when I do something and I'm proud of myself, that's better than what a government gives me an uptick in my food voucher, in my housing voucher. But you're going to have to learn it the hard way or you're just going to have to bend the guys like this. And this is how we're going to do it. That's the law. Uh huh. I know there's been a lot of discussion since Friday, since Friday's report. 
the report where he failed miserably, where the Democrats fail miserably. And every report will be like that, that they don't cook, that they don't fraud, that they don't let us not audit. Audit everything they tell you. The most proficient liars on this planet are what we call politicians, and it's worldwide. This is the country where they're supposed to be the smallest, the least significant. Yet what have we seen? And if you want to know how it turns out, look to the areas they're the strongest, the Democrat areas. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. Listening to this show, aside from a few morons, you're one of the people that recognizes that this country being established and built on the idea of the Enlightenment and unalienable rights and the idea that uh, citizens were allowed to have their own property and governments were not to rule over them. Then uh, my next guest is going to be somebody you want to listen to. Caleb Kruckenberg, litigation counsel for the New Civil Liberties Alliance. How are you, Caleb? I'm doing well. How are you? I, I'm doing well as well, and I was looking at your name, and I love it. And I don't know what year I want to know. Did you lose the Vaughn in front of it? Because that's a great name. <laughs> I think you got to go back pretty far for that. All right, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna just for this uh, interview, I'm gonna call you Von Krockenberg, if that's all right. Um, <laughs> this decision by the CDC, the CDC, I, I thought had to do with diseases. What the hell do they have to do in property? Now, I take this particularly to offense because I'm a real estate. I'm, in, I'm a real estate broker, and I love the idea of real estate, and I love the idea of Americanism. Are we to a point now when the CDC gets to decide what it's in control of? Well, the CDC sure thinks so. And, and for those of you who don't know, uh, back in September, the CDC issued an order telling everyone nationwide that no matter what, they're not allowed to evict tenants who aren't paying rent. Um, and, and actually, it, it went even farther than that. It said that anybody who tries to evict a tenant who hasn't paid rent um, is now committing a crime if they go to state court and they use the state court eviction process. And, you know, my first reaction was just like you said, what, what the heck is CDC doing telling state courts how to operate? Um, but unfortunately, since September, this order has been in effect nationwide. And according to the CDC, you are a criminal if you try to take your property back uh, using the courts if someone stops paying you rent. Yeah. Well, Caleb, I've been doing um, real estate management and uh, representing groups that bought real estate in the Chicagoland area for the last 20 years. And I've been doing it in the Florida region for the last seven and to see the difference in the way the states took the position. So in, in the state of, of Illinois, they took that position rather aggressively very early on. And they pretty much, you couldn't uh, evict or any of that. What, what people don't understand, though, is at a certain point, that has ramifications on ownership. And are we just to a point now, in your opinion, Caleb, where the society is very comfortable deciding which people can afford to go broke and which ones can't? Yeah, absolutely. And and look, that's exactly what the CDC did here. You know, they 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 saw as an agency, they decided there's a problem with people not being able to pay rent. And instead of letting Congress or someone else actually do something about it, and, and maybe that's rental assistance or something else, the agency just picked a winner and they picked a loser. And they said, look, if you own property and you've chosen to rent it out to other people, the pandemic's your problem. And, you know, you have to provide free housing to people. And, you know, the real problem here is most property owners who are landlords are small business owners. They, you know, most proper, most landlords have just a few properties. Right. And, and we're working on a cap rate against leveraged debt. So when you exactly. struck that flow of income, 
ta-da, I got problems. Yeah, and, and, you know, I have clients who are stuck. You know, they have mortgages, and they have to pay for utilities and upkeep and, you know, all the normal expenses. And, and I have a client right now who hasn't been paid any rent at all on one of his properties for more than a year. And, you know, he's $20,000. He, he's owed more than $20,000 in unpaid rent. And the whole time, he's got to carry those costs. And, you know, I mean, this is really devastating for a lot of people around the country. So there was a bright spot. There is a decision that um, kind of said you can't do that. Am I right? Well, yes. And, you know, fortunately, there has been a lot of lawsuits. And, you know, I mentioned back in September, this order just kind of came out of nowhere that the agency issued it. And my organization, the New Civil Liberties Alliance, we filed a lawsuit immediately. Um, and I, I've been litigating this, this case since September. And a lot of other groups challenged it as well. And just last week, there was a federal judge in Washington, D.C., who said really what I've been saying the whole time is that the CDC has no business doing this. And, and the judge invalidated the, the eviction moratorium nationwide. Um, unfortunately, she's put that decision on hold while the government appeals. So um, I'm so fascinated with your group. I mean, I mean that because I've watched my entire life as um, groups have pretended to represent civil liberties, but in fact have, have worked to undermine them, uh, the ACLU in particular. Is, are you shocked at the lack of challenges to the government overtaking the citizen's life? Uh, you know, I, I wouldn't say I'm shocked, but I'm disappointed. <laughs> and, and look, it, you know, my, my organization, we're called the New Civil Liberties Alliance, and, and the name is deliberate because we want to be uh, really the alternative to something like the ACLU because, like you, we see the ACLU as, as they're not really protecting civil liberties. They're not doing what they say they're doing. And, you know, th this is unfortunately just one example. I mean, we, my organization, we file lawsuits all over the country, we're involved in a ton of litigation because administrative agencies in particular, they go around violating people's civil rights all the time. And, you know, today in the CDC context, it's, it's, they're telling people they have to, they're not allowed to use their property the way they, they see fit. They're not allowed to rent their property out. They have to give it away to somebody. Now, what's the, know, time, what's the time frame you think that will know? This is a really big case because if this wins, yeah. if this wins, we have a real bright spot. Well, and so, uh, you know, as I said, the, the case in, in D.C. Um, has been stayed pending appeal. But um, I actually have a case right now that's on appeal in the 11th Circuit Court of Appeals. That's that case that I, I mentioned that we filed back in September. Um, and I'm going to be arguing that case actually a week from or this coming Friday. And we're hoping for a decision very quickly out of that court. And, you know, that I think is really a case to watch because that's going to be the first time that a court of appeals anywhere in the country has decided this case, decided whether the CDC can really do this. And we're hopeful we'll get a ruling that says that this entire moratorium has been wrong from the beginning. It's illegal and the agency just can't do that. As, as a layperson who loves the idea of American law, I do. Um, I was disappointed that there were not more suits when it came to the actions of the CDC, in particular their, their confusion, their mis, the misspeak on many things, and then all of a sudden these iron-fisted new rules. Um, as this goes to vaccinations, I know that this is not what we're supposed to talk about, but I want to talk because I'm not going to get a chance to talk to somebody like you for a while. Can the CDC, in fact, mandate, do they have the, the power to mandate, or will it be more of an assault through ticky-tack regulation? Well, it, you know, it's really hard to say. And, and, and I think if you look at eviction moratorium as an example, this is the agency sticking its nose into something that it very clearly has no business doing. And, you know, you look at their, their claimed source of authority, 
basically the CDC said we can do absolutely anything we want to uh, if we think that it's for public safety. And so, you know, on, on these sort of deeper questions about mask wearing or lockdowns, you know, COVID lockdowns or vaccination or things like that, there's no doubt in my mind that the CDC thinks that it can tell absolutely every person in this country what to do on every single one of those topics. And whether that's really the case or not, you know, we have to see until they try something. But, um, I, you know, I can tell you, I, I've already sued the CDC. I anticipate I will be suing them again in the future. And when they use a, a word, I think most people are, are, are take it for granted when they, when they call an emergency or a a crisis time frame that pretty much is the gauntlet where they're throwing down that they under those those terms of emergency actions their powers are in fact broadened i'm assuming that's their argument as to why they're what they're even going to rebut your argument against is that is that the way they're using it yeah absolutely i mean according to the cdc we've been in an unending emergency since last march and there's no end in sight. I mean, you know, the CDC said originally the eviction order moratorium was from September to, to December of 2020. Then they extended it. Then they extended it again. And they just extended it through June. And I'm sure they'll keep extending it. Because, you know, once an agency has authority, and once they've taken this authority because of the emergency, they're never going to give it back. <laughs> At least willingly. No, because my fear. it makes it makes their life so easy. There's so much atrocity in this particular example because the people that had Section Eight tenants never missed a, a rent payment. Their 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 plan went on forever, which explains why so many um, investors and, and real estate people who are uh, recipients of Section Eight housing are very political. And uh, they, you know, they they spread that money around. They make sure politicians cut laws in order to give them a step up on the regular investor. I am. Uh, uh, is there any recourse that landlords have against mortgage companies who are, in fact, hybrids of government because all of their mortgages are insured from the FDIC? and from various government organizations. So ultimately, if you're going to put me into bankruptcy as an independent property owner, do I then have recourse against a mortgage company that instead that knew what was happening and didn't seek for protection for me and themselves to go to the government and say, look, you're, 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 you shut down the flow of revenue. How is this guy supposed to pay his rent? Or is it just that that is truly the hot potato? That's the guy without a seat in musical chairs. That's the person we've decided we can sacrifice. Well, I, you know, and I, 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 unfortunately, there's not a lot we can do to sort of give back what they've taken from us. Um, but what we can do and, and you know, what I do every single day as I try to get the courts to step in and I try to get them to step in early because, you know, look, for, if I win this case, if, if all of these cases are successful in the end, my clients aren't going to get this money back. They're not going to get this time back. But hopefully we can get a court to recognize that this was just wrong from the very beginning mm-hmm. and stop it from happening again. But no, there's there's very little we can do when the government uh, does things like this. It's an atrocity, Caleb. I'm going to ask you to come back after the, the the verdict. I'm dying to know how it how it happens. I would love to get your take on it. Um, I I know you're going to be very busy with uh, people, but I'm your favorite radio host. I think we've established that, and I'm the only one that calls you <laughs> Von Kruckenberg, which is the best name ever for attorneys. Um, I also want to give you a little heads up because it's not a one way street with me. I'm in the mortgage, I mean, not mortgage, I'm in the, in the property management business. And one of the things I used to do when this would happen is I would remind them that where they park their car was my private property. I started towing cars. That was my thing. And you'd be surprised how much guys want their cars back. And then what you do is you pay them to get it back. You say, here's a thousand, I'll get out. See, you got to always outthink them because if they're on the government, the odds are they're going to use that leverage. So just a little tip next time this happens and you know it'll happen again. Caleb, I want to thank you so much for joining me. Thank you very much.
Thank you. We'll be back with your calls and comments. 312-642-5600 after this. I felt that the, uh, the abuse by our government during the pandemic was on uh, like, like nothing this country ever lived through. We've had numerous, numerous pandemics, some actually all of which were more deadly than COVID-19. And I'm not discounting that it's deadly. It's very deadly. I know people that were sick. I've heard stories of guys that have passed away who I knew. I know them. I'm not suggesting that it is, it is not dangerous or it is not a real problem. I do question where it comes from. I didn't believe the politicians when they told me it was a bat. Somebody was eating a bat, and uh, that didn't make sense. When we learned that um, Fauci was involved in funding a lab and they were working on something and it was an accident, that seemed probably right. It seems right. I don't know if the verdict is in. I know they wanted to quash the conversation about that. Gee, that seems to be a pattern, right? If they don't like something that you're saying, just crush it. In a free country, in a country built on the, the, the right of you to have your own opinion. The one thing that, um, there's a couple of things that really bother me, but the one thing is the time, a year and change. We're a year and two months now, three months. And uh, these bureaucrats are in charge of our lives, in charge of our lives, forever changing our lives. Now, the real estate is interesting to me because I remember when Barack Obama won. I remember Penny Pritzker being tied to numerous groups that were acquiring. It was right after the collapse. She was involved in a bunch of front-end groups, shill groups, bagmen, and I know this firsthand, that were purchasing properties that were condos that had gone bankrupt. They were deconverting them into apartments, and then they were putting them uh, Section 8 housing in them. And I'd love to be sued by you people. I can't wait for discovery. Be surprised what I know. And... um it always bothered me. I used to think, why would these people who are so successful, why would they monkey around with these? You know, I mean, I, they were big units. There was a place in Bloomingdale that had gone sideways in a countrywide collapse, and they bought it and deconverted it. And I thought to myself, mm, that's rare. Why? That's weird. Why would they want to do that? And that makes sense. It makes sense because when you have the money on the from the government that can never be interrupted, you have that leg up on the other people who work three and four jobs to buy a three flat and then wait till they get 50% equity and buy another one. And, you know, they manage it. They self-manage it. And, you, and, you know, that's who's going to get crushed, the, the Pritzkers of the world, the Tony Ruscos of the world. And I love using them in the same sense. They're never going to get crushed. They, they just rake it in time in and time again. Then they misuse the power of government. And then the same time they work with who's in charge to make those payments higher and to get more people on them. And then they work behind the lines to spread the law so that people who don't want to take Section 8 now will be forced to. So you change the face and the, the makeup of various neighborhoods that didn't want to have government cheese in its neighborhood. Now you can't even say that. That's controversial. I'd rather not take a Section 8 housing and work it out with my tenants. I manage property still, although less and less, especially in Illinois. And um, I've never once had a Section 8 person, and I've had p people that I've worked with for months and months. I, I told you the story, uh, the one lady whose son was killed in Chicago violence. Um, 11 years, never once raised their rent, and she's a wonderful woman who works very hard and has been late always, always late. And I always work with her, and I have that relationship because what I've made sure is that I've taken people that wanted to be on their own that wanted to have the pride in their ownership. And you know something? They were wonderful tenants. I'm talking about poor people in poor neighborhoods. I'm from a poor neighborhood. I don't know where, how many of you have been through Monroe's Park, but it's not Oak Brook. And uh, the one thing that I will say about those people, and by the way, um, of all races, is that they all took pride in calling me, hey, Sean, I got the rest of the rent. Come and get it. And I, I've watched kids grow up. I've had a wonderful experience. I remember being a kid like that. And I remember going to look at apartments and my mother worried about the budget and meeting the landlord and thinking to myself, one day I'm going to do that. I'm going to do what that guy did. And, uh, you know, you fall on your face a lot and it's a struggle a lot. And sometimes you, you don't have the money, something will go wrong and you'll take it off your table to make their, their lives better. And you do it. And, and it's a wonderful relationship between landlords and tenants who pay their rent. 
even when sometimes they need your help. It's not such a wonderful relationship between landlords and and uh, Section 8 housing recipients. There's an animosity that's already built in there. And instead of that being deterred, it's been stoked. It's been stoked so that politicians could profit and yet get a vote every time there was an election. And how do they do it? Simple. You just tell them we're going to give you more stuff that you would have if you were able and, and willing and out there really doing an effort. We're going we're gonna to provide that life for you because, after all, we've watched you and you can't do it. And that is the exact wrong thing. Because everybody, everybody that was my tenant is somebody that wanted to do better on their own. And they had a pride in themselves. And that's why it's devastating. Maybe I, I, I'm aggravated like this because I'm still disgusted at that little boy I watched grow up in that, in that apartment that I never raised the rent. And I'm still disgusted that he was killed and his name isn't on the news. Still disgusted. No one's going to know it. And why? Because his mother couldn't pull him out of that circumstance because he was young, hung around in that area. It's a shame. It's a shame. And maybe one day the people will understand the more you take, the worse your life is. 312-642-5600. You must have known, Johnny Rocket, that I'm reading a story about Bill Gates. He's got a biographer, biographer that's going to release a, uh, a book that, of course, he's not, he didn't prove it. And he says Bill Gates is known for womanizing, naked pool parties, and numerous wild events, proving money can't buy you love, but it can rent it. Do you imagine how much it must cost to see Bill Gates naked? I mean, my word. Nerds, got to love them. Billionaire nerds, I can't get enough of them. But uh, one thing I'll say about uh, Bill Gates, he did it on his own. I mean, aside from stealing the idea, um, but he didn't have government help. He does now. He does now as uh, they're all cutting deals and into his new uh, billion-dollar contracts. He was a little slow on the uptake, though. Bezos really captured that market. I think he's just trying to catch up. And that's just the one side of the corruption in government I can't stand. Um, the other side is how they're so comfortable, you know, as we were talking um, to the attorney from the new civil liberties group. It's astonishing how willing so many Americans are to let these politicians dictate your life. I mean, I guess when you, you see Joe Biden do it, you say anybody dumb enough to vote for him is accepting enough to listen to anything he says. But when you see the atrocity that's happening to our kids and the way in which their resistance to authority is being cheered, not because it exists, but because it's being crushed and being accepted. UMass Amherst students say they're not being treated fairly. They were suspended for not wearing masks at an off-campus outdoor event. Good evening, I'm Paula Evans. You were suspended for not wearing masks at an off-campus outdoor event. UMass Amherst students say they're not being treated fairly. They were suspended for not wearing masks at an off-campus outdoor event. Good evening, I'm Paula Evans. And I'm Anaritis Rodriguez. The students have now been told they've lost their credits and tuition for this semester. But as WBZ's Paul Burton shows us, they believe there's proof the school isn't applying the same rules to everyone. There was a photo sent to the administration of these girls outside, off campus, on a Saturday. This is why they've lost a whole semester of their schooling. Tewksbury parents Kristen and Scott are speaking out on behalf of their daughter. She, along with two of her friends, shown here in this photo, are freshmen at UMass Amherst. And it's this picture that was posted on social media, and then someone handed it over to the university that has landed them in serious trouble. She and two others attended... Um, a gathering at, off campus and were immediately removed from housing and suspended. It's heartbreaking. Teresa and RJ's daughter was also suspended. What also infuriates these parents was this video of the UMass Amherst hockey team celebrating their national championship on campus. Some students, including... Now, see, I think they're making a mistake. Instead of the tit-for-tat, oh, look it, they did it too. I get that. I get that. And I understand how that is something you'd point to. But the real enemy here is a college hierarchy. 
that says you were doing something off our grounds on your free time that we do not approve with because is that Pandora's box opened up? I hope it is. Because you think Bill Gates is the only nerd to have pool parties and, 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 and prove why prostitution is $400 an hour? I'm guessing some of these professors got some skeletons floating around. Maybe it's time for the kids to start to be aware. Maybe you should start to monitor the actions of your professors in their off time. See, the idea that we allow this to go on is sickening to me. But the idea that we've let this become an example to tell our kids to step and fetch, to get in line, don't question authority, and listen to these sexually frustrated dweebs in their own little societies that they pretend is functional, known as colleges, makes me sick to my stomach. Apparently, I'm the only one that feels that time is something we cannot afford to lose. And I know when it's, it's, it's easy to hurt kids, right? Because we feel they got enough time of it. That's why it's easy to bury them in debt they didn't agree to. It's easy to control their lives, tell them they need to shove things in their arms without knowing about it. It's easy. But now we're teaching them how to be slaves. Now we're teaching them that, that these little bureaucrats in these little safe hubs of socialism called universities get to take their money and not give them the product. I hope they contact our civil liberties guy. I hope they sue the rip out of them. The problem is they're not going to pay it anyway, right? Just some boosters are going to pay it, some other nonsense. And there's people out there cheering. I went to dinner in Oak Park. A very good friend of mine has a restaurant in Oak Park. And I thought when my wife first said it, I said, boy, oh, boy, Oak Park. Ah, so what? It's no big deal. I, I don't mind going. So I went. And I didn't have the mask on. Because if anybody asked me, I'm, I'm trans-vaccinated. I don't have to wear the mask. And um, a friend of mine owned it, but he, he wasn't there. Nobody said anything to me. And I looked around. There were seven, eight guys. No, without it, nobody said anything. There were the other ones that always had it. And I say to each their own, good. You want to wear it, wear it. I have no problem with choice. I like freedom. Nobody else seems to. Nobody else seems to. And now we're telling kids. And we're allowing them to be robbed. Off campus. At a party. Outside. And bureaucrats get to take away their, their, their opportunity, their education, their time. See, it's about their time. So they took away the credits they already had? You might as well just change it. USSA. That's the way it's become. Dave in Naperville. I, I've never understood the whole uh, mask thing. What, what authority does the governor have to say uh, anything about what somebody can or can't wear? I mean, it's you're forcing really me to put something on my face and then you're telling me your justification is that it's for the guy next to me. OK, I don't care about the guy next to me. I care about what's on my face. And then all of a sudden you're not. Oh, you're a terrible part of society. OK, I'm terrible at part of society. All right, fine. But now you're t- you're telling these kids who are off school premises has nothing to do with the school. And now they're losing what they already achieved in school. This is an, this is more than, than tyranny. This is an absolute and total atrocity, what you've done to these kids. Now they're going to have to go get those credits again. And they paid for it. What about the money? Are you going to give them the money back? Dave, it's a sad state of affairs. Here's the good news. You and I and George and Paul and a couple of other guys out there, not many, a couple of the other guys out there, we were able to live when you didn't have government like this. So that's the good news, Dave. Keep the faith. We'll take the rest of your calls. 312-642-5600. I have two lines open after this. And just when you think you're all filled up on incompetence and stupidity, Fauci yesterday, uh, meet the press. Yeah, we're going to, this mass thing, this might become seasonal. Fauci, 80 years old, Auntie Mary, been wrong and really hasn't practiced medicine outside of government since 1968. And he's the most powerful guy in America, basically. And the masks, you're going to wear them seasonally now. Really? Are you going to wear Why not? I'd say even if you live alone, I would wear a mask in the house, especially in the shower, because frankly, droplets can make the way through the drain and come up through somebody else's toilet. Same, same logic. I think you're right, Doc Fauci. You moron. The only thing worse than this idiot are the people who listen to him. George Libertyville. Hey, Sean, uh, you might have said this earlier, but did you know that there's a uh, a bill right now that passed the Illinois House yeah. Yeah. 
HB 2789 that is going to give the Illinois Department of Health, if it passes the Senate, the ability to dictate, uh, over, override all school boards, teachers, principals, and public and private schools for this nonsense. Are you aware of that? No. Did it pass? It, well, no, not yet. It's uh, if we call and obviously. All right, give me give me the number again. HB twenty seven eighty nine. I think you said right. That is it, my man. Take All a look right. at it, George. We're going to take a look at it and we're going to call up and fight against it. And if not, we're going to call Liberty Real Estate Services. Thank you so much. I was just given word from the uh, voice up above, the voice of logic. This is really not Anthony Fauci, although I think this guy makes just as much sense. I'd say even if you live alone, I would wear a mask in the house, especially in the shower, because frankly, droplets can make the way through the drain and come up through somebody else's toilet. Now, that's a parody, but it's no more it's no more ridiculous or funny than our reality. There's the here's the year 2021 when you can't decide which is the parody and which isn't Rob and Hampshire. Hey, Sean, how are you? Wonderful. How are you? I'm doing good. It's a real fine line you walk. I have four boys. Two of them are in college and two of them are in high school. And you walk a fine line in your discussion about just when to follow the rules and when to be a free thinker and say, those rules necessarily don't make sense. And my wife and I go back and forth because I'm the one that says hell with it. You know, the rules are meant, are not always meant to be followed. And asking for Forgiveness is sometimes better than asking for permission. And then there's the other thing. Rules are not laws. Rules are something exactly. you, you do voluntarily that you or your f- family or your, your circle have a mores. These are rules. You want to have a rule for your business? Have a rule. But they're not laws. You want to have a rule for your school? Have a rule. But it doesn't carry on off property. It's a very simple thing. But that's... Either you're living as a free man or you're living mortgaged to other people. When you're indebted and you're a slave to others, then everything's a law. There are no rules and laws. There's just the way it is. And who gets to say it? Whoever wins an office. Whatever corrupt son of a dog that never had a job. None of them ever had a job. Anthony Fauci's existence was waiting for break and hoping nobody noticed him. And everything he's touched, including COVID, he's been a dead wrong loser. Look at his history. He was a real success, real success every time you heard him. Everything he said and everything they t- the position they took has been wrong, which leads me to why was the, the, the American government giving money to a lab in China? Why? Somebody give me the paperwork. Somebody show me who authorized it. I want to see it because I'm a citizen. And you politicians in your little dark rooms with your sexually frustrated interns, you're not the boss of anything. I'm the boss, not you. Paul and Berwin. Hey, Sean, I remember uh, when I was graduating high school about 20 years ago, I got busted by a teacher smoking a cigarette off property, and uh, she you know, threatened to kick me out two days before I was graduating. I told her to buzz off. Too bad it wasn't uh, pot or I, I, antidepressant. I, I, now they're going to ask you where you got it and what price you paid. No, just Marlboro Reds. Nice, Paul. Nice old school. Well, the difference is it's high school. It's high school, and uh, if you're smoking on their property, if this would have happened on their property, I wouldn't have played it. I would have just said, okay, there's another moronic little socialist society pretending to be elitists called college campus and there they get to make the decisions but you don't control these kids these kids you don't own them they don't want to wear their mask outside somewhere else you don't get to tell them anything it's ridiculous we'll be back tomorrow five to seven Believe in shooting stars, but she believe in shoes.